You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Pac-12's future is still uncertain, and the Big 12 is waiting in the wings, ready to strike and potentially add members from that conference into its own conference. When could that happen? Maybe relatively soon, according to our reporting at 24-7 Sports. Hello, it is Wednesday, May 10th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Brendan Marcello. I spent last week at the Fiesta Summit in Arizona, where several conferences get together and conduct their spring meetings. The Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Mountain West conferences were prominent there in conducting their spring meetings. Not a lot of really great newsy things came out of it as far as decisions and legislation that was approved by those conferences. But by hanging around there at those meetings and standing outside those meeting room doors and speaking to my sources out there, administrators, both inside those conferences and also at the schools that are members of those conferences, we, we picked up on obviously the undercurrent of those meetings, which is dealing with conference realignment and the after effects, of course, of the SEC adding Texas and OU here soon and the Big Ten adding UCLA and USC. The Pac-12 continues to negotiate a television deal for its media rights with several media partners that they have worked with in the past and new ones, including Amazon. But right now, nothing has been set in stone. There have been conflicting reports about what that television deal might look like, whether it be ESPN holding tier one rights or another new partner, potentially Amazon. But what we can tell you right now through my reporting at 24-7 Sports is that a television deal is near. It's nearer than ever at this point. And the big question, however, among those inside the Pac-12 and also from the watchful eyes in the Big 12 is what kind of deal financially will this be? The Big 12, remember, reworked its deal and got a new deal back in October under new commissioner Brett Yormark that pays about an average of $31.7 million to each team each year. The Pac-12 right now is dealing with something where they're trying to at least reach that, if not exceed that deal. But the word in the industry is that it will not exceed it and will probably fall below it because as time has gone by, since they have opened the negotiating windows with all this, really back in July when George Klavkov, the commissioner, wanted to rework their deal and give and look at things to give them, put them in a better position in the marketplace, the Big 12 was able to jump in after that, secure its deal and have a solid future and keep its membership happy, whereas the Pac-12 continues to stretch this into almost a full calendar year. And the question is, is it really viable? Is the Pac-12's worth actually dropped in the last six months as the media landscape has changed with massive layoffs at Disney and ESPN and other media companies across the landscape? ESPN is about to enter this next year or two where they're going to be looking at trying to keep their NBA broadcast rights uh, alive and then also have to bid on the college football playoff when it expands to 12 teams. It's a very messy situation out there. 
and a lot of people don't quite know what to expect, including those in the Pac-12. But from my reporting, I can tell you that the Big 12 is still very much interested in adding teams from the Pac-12. And they have been talking through unofficial channels to these teams, these universities, I should say, for several months and continue to do so. But not much has changed. Everybody is kind of in a holding pattern in these last few months, waiting for the Pac-12 to finalize a deal. It seems to have been in the 11th hour for several months now. Several reporters, many of whom I respect tremendously that have been on the inside in all this, have not necessarily been kicking the can down the road, but they're reporting on the Pac-12 kicking the can down the road. They keep hearing that things are going to be announced two weeks from now, any day now, and then it goes on and on and on and on. What's holding this all up? Well, Washington State's president recently said that they believe the reason for the holdup is that a deal has actually maybe been decided upon, but the broadcast networks have decided not to announce it yet or don't want to announce it yet because they're going through a really a big PR nightmare and all these layoffs and cutbacks they're having in the midst of really this economic downturn that's affecting media companies across the country. But the cynic in me, and I'm sure yourself as well as a fan, will sit there and go, well, you're also hurting the conference yourself and maybe your business relationship with that conference and other conferences. So if you have a deal, just announce it. Settle the rough seas out there, especially in the Pac-12. So this is all going on. And I could tell you from my sourcing inside the Big 12, not inside the Pac-12, but inside the Big 12, that they believe that if the Pac-12's media rights deal, if word starts leaking that that deal is less than the $31.7 million average per team that the Big 12 secured, Big 12 people believe that they will be able to swoop in and maybe grab a couple of teams, if not more, and have them join the Big 12. How quickly could this all happen? Well, we shall see. Sources told me within the next 45 to 60 days, there could be movement. And this could also happen before a television deal is announced in the Pac-12. Why is that? Because word will start leaking. And also, Big 12 folks believe that these Pac-12 programs and universities are going to start having shaky feet and will be willing to jump quicker. Also, there's a not necessarily a deadline here, though there's that that, that word's been dropped around quite a bit among the Pac-12 among Pac-12 universities, but the busy season starts up in the fall. You do not want this hanging over your head going into the fall. All of this needs to be settled in the summer months. Again, remember Every massive realignment news that has been dropped or has been decided or announced has come primarily in the summer months. Why is that? Because there's more time to focus on such big moves when there's not a lot going on in these universities with academics and, of course, all the student athletes being on campus and fall seasons being underway. That's not the case in the summer months, and that's why you saw the SEC and Big 12 news coming out with Texas and OU. You see USC and UCLA last year in the summer months as well. Again, this is something that will be settled this summer one way or another. And my reporting does not state that the Pac-12, some Pac-12 teams are going to leave for the Big 12. My reporting just says in the next 45 to 60 days, people inside the Big 12 expect there to be movement, and that if any Pac-12 teams are going to join the Big 12, we will know in the next 45 to 60 days. The Big 12 is prepared to swoop in after setting the stage with these unofficial talks to go in and grab a couple of 
teams. Of course, those programs are the four corners schools that are potential candidates. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Colorado, I'm told, is the one hanging out on the branch the furthest away from the tree in that it's more willing to fall or jump to the Big 12 out of all four of those schools. Again, stay tuned. 45 to 60 days, it seems like there will be some sort of resolution when it comes to the Pac-12 and Big 12 face-off. What will the Big 12 look like in the future? And what's going on with the group of five? And why is the AAC's commissioner so hell-bent on getting rid of that moniker? More after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what happens if the Big 12 does expand? Well, remember right now they're sitting with actually 14 teams going into this season, but that will go back to 12 once Texas and OU join the SEC in 2024. So they'll be back to 12 and the Big 12 name will make sense once again. But what if they add a couple more teams or heck, four more teams? Will they still be known as the Big 12? Well, there are some very early preliminary discussions happening within the Big 12 about rebranding, changing their logo potentially, and maybe their name, though the folks I talked to wouldn't go that far as of yet. That hasn't really been brought up, but they're open to the ideas because the Big 12 is jumping into a new era here and could potentially have more teams than the 12 that we're accustomed to seeing there. We'll find out more on that in the next year or two, but it was interesting to me to hear that coming from some Big 12 sources last week and talking to them. So potentially a rebrand happening in the Big 12 in the near future. Speaking of branding, the AAC, Commissioner Mike Oresco, if you guys don't know, he's been high on his horse the last decade or so about this whole idea of there being a Power Five. The Power Five, of course, being the top five FBS football conferences out there. Well, he's at it again. Remember, oh, I should go back here. Remember when he used to say that the AAC was a power six conference, trying to pick their own designation without it actually being an official designation by the NCAA? The NCAA, by the way, does recognize the power five as the autonomy five. They have autonomy to create their own rules and legislation, those five top conferences. Well, Mike Oresco this week is at it again, pinning a letter of nearly 2,600 words of just absolute chaotic thinking, I think, with all due respect to Mike, about the Power Five and how it's time to get rid of the Power Five term, which he believes is, quote, Power Five is a media-created term, unquote. Is it, though? In fact, 
again, meandering thoughts here from Mike Oresco. In the very next sentence in this letter he penned, he says, after saying Power 5 is a media-created term, the very next sentence says, the so-called Power 5 also has an autonomy status in NCAA that officially sets them apart in certain respects. Unquote. Exactly. You just absolutely just derailed your whole argument there. Now, I do understand where Mike Oresco's coming from with this idea of he wants his conference, the AAC and others, but mostly his, of course, because that's who he represents, to be considered amongst the big boys. The fact of the matter is the AAC is not a part of the big boys. Neither is Conference USA, the Sun Belt, the Mountain West Conference, or the MAC. The fact of the matter is, is that reality is also reality in the college football world. What do I mean by that? Well, this is America. And as you guys have known, the rich are provided more opportunities to be successful. The poor, not so much. And it's the same thing in college athletics. It's the way of the world, or at least the way of the world in this country. It just, it's just, it is. Like it or not. I'm just stating facts here. Nothing's wrong here. Uh, incorrect here. And the same's in the college football era here. The richest conferences are the ones competing for championships. The richest conferences have these schools that garner the biggest paydays from these television deals. Why? Because they garner the most eyes when we watch television on Saturdays. The rich are rich for a reason. And because of that, they are provided more opportunities to be successful, more opportunities to fail, but also more opportunities to succeed. It's why the Big Ten and the SEC are the top dogs and the richest conferences and the ones who routinely win national championships in the major sports. The AAC does not and has not and will not. And the timing of this, of course, has to be considered this letter being pinned in a pivotal moment for the AAC as it loses its four best programs, Cincinnati, of course, the first group of five, sorry to say that, group of five program to reach the college football playoff is heading off to the Big 12. So is UCF. So is Houston. They're losing big-time programs in the AAC to one of those quote-unquote Power 5 conferences. But the fact of the matter is, is that we, we're entering an era here where there's really not a Power 5 anymore. It's the Power 2, the Mid 3, and then the Group of 5. So in fact, the battle lines are a little bit further apart, and there's more groupings here than just you're either with this group or that group. The AAC is in the mid three. That's just how it is. Mike Oresco, though, pinned in his letter this as well. Quote, the recent wave of realignment has further changed the lay of the land. And it has also clarified the P5 situation. As conferences go, it is clear that in terms of conference competitiveness and strength and other measurables, the gap between the number two and number three conferences is now far greater than between number three and the American. I agree with you, Mike. And that's why, again, it's the power two, the Big Ten, the SEC, the mid three, and the group of five. To say this is a media-created term is completely disingenuous because the NCAA itself, as you pinned in your letter, has designated the Power Five conferences as the Autonomy Five, allowing them more leeway to create rules that apply to them and not to everybody else, to a certain standard. Why is that? Because they're the most powerful conferences. They are the richest conferences. They are treated differently because they deal with different problems, both because of financial situations and also because of success and the amount of pressure on those programs. That's not the case in the AAC. If that was the case in the AAC, then UCF and Cincinnati, Houston 
would not be ditching you for the Big 12, which is battling and hoping it could be considered the number three conference in the land. But the ACC, I should say, the Atlantic Coast Conference, has something to say to that. But again, Mike Oresco out here puffing out his chest, crying, and trying to come up with new monikers. The Power Six stuff, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they had that on this P6 logo on first down markers, just trying to shove it down your throat. And we're talking about media-created terms. You are a member of the media as well, Mike Oresco, with your marketing arm and your media arm. And by putting that logo out there, you are trying to market in the media through your television deals on television that you are a part of the big boys club. Well, the fact is you're not. It's just the way of the world. Does that mean AAC football is not worth watching? No. I watch it every single time I get the chance and opportunity. If there is a big game with national implications, I am glued to my television set. I was glued to Tulane all season this past year, as was a lot of Americans. And look at the ratings for the Cotton Bowl between USC and Tulane when Tulane had its massive comeback to beat the Caleb Williams-led, Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback-led USC Trojans. Again, your issue is probably with your media partners, ESPN. Why are they only giving you enough money to pay out an average of $7 million per year to your teams? Aren't you supposed to be getting the same slice of pie as everybody else, as you say, that there shouldn't be this Power 5 moniker and we shouldn't be separated in different tiers and groups? Your complaint should be with ESPN and as your media partner, not the actual media writing about you that just goes about creating terms that are coming from the NCAA itself. It's all silly. And again, I think Mike Oresco would be best suited to just work on his conference, which is a great conference, great football, and work on that instead of trying to convince everybody that the reality of situations is not actually the reality. You cannot lie and not be called out on it or create things. And also, whining about it publicly and pinning 2,600 word letters, which come by by after you released a quote unsolicited, by the way, to the media back in March. And we all looked at like, what, where's this coming from? It's silly. It's strange. I would look internally and be looking at what I'm doing marketing wise and wondering why is nothing I'm saying hitting with anybody? You need to hire a new marketing group, Mike. I'm sorry. But until then, I'm going to continue watching your football because it's an incredibly great brand of football in the AAC. And when there are great games on national implication, people will watch. But again, the rich are rich. They're afforded more opportunities. And like it or not, just like in real life in America, we have the rich, the poor, the middle class. It's the same thing in college athletics. It's the way of life. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the College Football Daily. I've been your host, Brendan Marcello. For our producer, Lance Glenn, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you down the road.